0: Magnus this is a minister v, the podcast for j is just insufferable. This is Brent. I'm insufferable. And I'm Peyton. So j was kind enough to remind me literally seconds before we started recording that I need to mention what we're drinking first. So I'll I'll do that now. I'm still drinking that rum. Hopefully less than last. Not week. as much. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no <laughs> not Two weeks last ago. Episode. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully not as much as last episode. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm drinking. What are you drinking? Uh, I I, you.
1: I'm drinking a a beer called Duchess de Burgon. It's like a a Belgian ale. It's kind of weird and sweet, though. Um, I don't dislike it, but I'm not sure that I would drink it very often. Okay. okay. Well, I'm drinking
2: something called the best damn root beer, and I got it from uh, the local Weiss as a beer garden, what have you. It's it's actually pretty good. It's it's not my first choice of beer, but it's it's tasty, and I'll have some vodka later when I run out of that.
1: I feel like I've been seeing some hard root beer resurgence lately. Yeah, there's been a lot of it. Like you've got not your father's popped up. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Coney Island yeah. Brewing has a pretty good one.
2: I'm okay with that. Root beer's uh, tasty. It is. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Uh, even the uh, the non-alcohol, the soft drink, as it were.
0: Yeah. Because I'm apparently 80 years old and call it a soft drink. Um, <laughs> pop. The soda. <laughs> or the pop. pop. Yeah. Or the pop for our our Midwestern listeners.
2: See, I, I, I'm i from Texas. We call it Coke. We call everything Coke. Oh, yeah, yeah. Coke? Yeah, what kind?
0: I think that's how it is in uh, Alabama. Fucking weirdos.
2: I, I'm not sure, and it, since it's like Alabama, I'm going to have to go ahead and say that we don't ever do that ever again. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, Alabama's no a weird No offense to guess. our Alabama listeners? No, no, no. Plenty of offense. You guys are weird.
1: You need to, <laughs> okay. to rein it in. Oh, man. Okay. Wow. Rocky so start. We've
2: Alabama. Great. Fantastic!
1: <laughs> They're gonna secede now. <laughs> They're not gonna secede, and
2: nothing of value was lost.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, touche. Your move, Alabama. Touché. Your move.
2: <laughs>
1: oh
0: gosh! All right, let's uh, let's go into the news of Payton.
2: This is Payton with the news. Do, 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 do. <laughs> okay. All right. So Microsoft removes Wi-Fi Sense feature for Win 10. Hey, great, good job, guys. Hallelujah. The controversial Wi-Fi sense feature shared a user's Wi-Fi password with their friends and people in a contact list. Uh, It has since been removed. The feature, and I put that in quotes, allows you to share the Wi-Fi network passcode with your friends, and they can automatically connect when they came over. The reason for removal, the cost of updating the code and keeping the feature working while having low usage and low demand not
0: because it's not
1: like you know it shared your password i think what that actually said is america got smarter well Uh no 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 because that is something that i would think people see as a convenience uh but as it were but as it were didn't even cite like they didn't even say like security concerns
0: right by the way it's not a concern it's a flat-out flagrant like Mistake,
1: right? But maybe that's why people didn't use it very often. No, don't oh, um, no. no.
0: I, I can tell
2: you right now, of the clients that I've had, approximately ninety-nine percent of them would be like, "It's a cool feature. Let's do it." And I yeah. have to say, no, please, no, turn that yeah. off, disable that. You don't want that to happen. Well, you
0: and how many hang end out users? With some weird people. No, no, no. How many end users do you think? No offense to the Windows admins out there, you got a tough job and all. But, like, how many Windows users, end users, do you think even knew how to turn it off or that it was there in the first
1: place? Probably not that many. zero. But then, don't you think the usage would be high enough that Microsoft would maintain it? Well, that's why they're stopping it, because they're saying the cost of maintaining it was too high. Right, but they also... I read an article, and I'm not sure if it's this one that we uh, did here.
2: Well, it was low demand and low usage, so...
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: I, I'm
2: not sure how they were turning it off, but, I mean, the point is... See, it I'm says... I'm not sure
1: how they were measuring demand. It says, right, <laughs> right, right, right. Oh, people weren't asking. I don't know. Um, no, but it <laughs> says low usage right there, so that's where I'm getting that from. I don't know, man.
0: I, I feel like they... I don't know. I, I feel like it
2: was an automatic feature that... I, I don't know. I don't know enough about it, honestly.
0: Oh, and we do talk about this in a previous episode, by the way. I'll put the a link to the particular episode in the notes, but...
2: Uh, another Windows ten news, Windows ten will be a payday update as of sometime in July. Right. So yeah. you shouldn't have to worry about it automatically updating. Also, there was, uh, there was an update that you have to ignore. Otherwise, it would re-enable. So the next bit of news in here is that BitKeeper has been open-sourced. BitKeeper is a fast, enterprise-ready distributed SCM that scales up to very large projects and down to tiny ones. And that's from the webpage. It offers an easy-to-use command line interface, scalable, flexible, safe, dependable, fast, and free. As in beer, it's licensed under the Apache license. Uh, so that's awesome. Way to go. Uh, Frack Magazine is back. Woo-hoo. It's been launched again. I'm
0: excited can about that. You find
2: the magazine in the show notes. Looks like they have all their issues back up and online as well. I checked out a couple of them, and it's pretty cool to see stuff from 85. That's, yeah. That's awesome. Way to go,
1: guys. So can someone tell me what Frack is?
0: So have you heard of the anarchist cookbook? Not the, like, vegan cookbook, but the actual anarchist cookbook. No. Oh my gosh. I'm gonna... I'm about to correct your innocence. So, the original Anarchist cookbook was full of neat little tricks like, um, how to get free phone call, you know, from a payphone. Fr- free calls from a payphone. Or, uh, how to build bombs. Or, like, it, it was basically all sorts of really... Some dangerous, some really handy, some... You know, it was a mishmash of, of, mish of just all sorts of interesting information. I have a copy of it. Well, it's apparently... It's illegal to distribute now. Well it's it's I mean you like... just
1: told us that it told you how to make a bomb.
0: Yeah, but that's that in and of itself, it's not learning how to make a bomb. That is a that should be a also crack. you can
1: probably use you can find that on the internet. Yeah exactly. Yeah so
0: it's uh, not yeah
2: good. you can find all that information on the internet. It's not like it's you know hard to find.
0: Yeah there's nothing really that special about the Anarchist cookbook. But anyway, so Frack is kind of like that but more hacking centric. You know it's very kind of underground like hey here's a vulnerability that was found in this bull and board software, and the fact that we're talking about Bolton board software should, should tell you an idea of just how long Frack has been running. Um, but it was originally started as sort of like the anarchist cookbook specifically catered towards Freakers. Got it. Okay. Yeah.
2: Now, freaking is is the act of
0: right. People don't use landlines these days.
2: Right. Well, freaking is the act of of getting free stuff through the. Let's landline. hacking,
0: hacking the, yeah hacking the phone lines basically right. hacking the phone line
2: hacking yeah. the phone booth
0: yeah blue boxes and all that good stuff yeah I I've read the back issues of Frack interesting. Interestingly, I'm not even drunk yet. Interestingly <laughs> enough, most Linux distributions have the archive of the you know the original run of Frack in their repositories. You know, as a package, I know Arch has it. Pretty sure Gentoo has it, but you know, you, you can easily find it online too. I definitely recommend reading it. Not too much of it's relevant anymore, but it's it's really cool to you know get a feeling of it. I would say if you're looking for like a modern alternative to Frack, other than you know the rebirth of Frack. <laughs> The POC or GTFO zine, e-zine, I guess, uh, is really cool. I've been thinking of putting up a a mirror on that. So I think when we redo our website, which is coming, by the way, I think when we do that, I'll, I'll put up a mirror of that uh e-zine as well. Sorry, back to the news.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's fine. No, so the most recent episode is uh, actually uh, episode number 69 of Frack Magazine, and that came out twenty sixteen zero five zero six. and the episode prior to that was 2012, mm-hmm. uh, April 14, 2012. So, congratulations to Frack for getting back out there. Good job, guys. Uh, let's see. DuckDuckGo is giving away 225 k to support open-source projects. They're going to give away the money to nine different projects. Each project will get 25k DuckDuckGo performed 3 billion searches in 2015 obviously they defer from other search engines as they offer private anonymous internet searching they don't gather information about you and they don't sell your information to ads or to ad vendors last year they gave away 125k of course google gave away 100 million good job way to go DuckDuckGo. so that's it
0: for the news yeah, I I like DuckDuckGo in theory, and I really love what they're doing, especially that they're so generous because they really don't get that much in funding. So the amount, the fact that they're able to even give this much away is just astounding. Yeah,
1: that's what really did it for me when I saw the article. It wasn't like, you know, it's not the largest sum of money that anyone's given away or anything like that. It's just the fact that DuckDuckGo itself is, you know, typically looking for money. So, yeah. I think it's really cool that they're giving some away. Yeah, Yeah, they bring
0: in they bring in less money than the Wikimedia Foundation or MediaWiki Foundation or whatever the fuck they're called. The Wikipedia guys basically they bring in way less money than that, but they don't beg for it like they do. So that's like like, Wikipedia does. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's something that's just kind of astounding to me. Like, you know what? Like they deserve props no matter what. I would say.
1: Absolutely. I agree. Yeah,
2: kudos to them. I mean, I use it on some of my systems. Definitely, uh, you know, I, I prefer it. Mm-hmm. I use it. That's a lot say
0: <laughs> Alright, so this uh, this episode, we planned on talking about on-call. I think all three of us have suffered through on-call at least once, right? Sort of. I mean,
1: where am I currently? We don't really have, like, actual on-call, mm-hmm. but uh, all right, well, I, me... I've been called in. (laughs) we'll we'll talk about that in a second yeah (laughs) and then i've also i had planned to talk about
0: a school in lancaster pennsylvania actually and yes that's how it's pronounced lancaster
1: yeah fucking people yeah well lancaster um, dude this is like your birth state you can't trash us no i'm agreeing with you Okay, yeah, yeah, no, it's it's Lancaster, yeah, not
0: like Lancaster, California, it's Lancaster, PA. Anyways, so they have a uh, a GitHub account and a ton of neat little repositories, and their school runs on open source software. From what I could gather, like even the workstations are Linux, so it's got a real, it's really cool what they're doing. I think we'll link to that and talk a little bit about it. Not much to talk about, so it'll be a quick little topic. We also will be talking about analysis of Linux backdoors because this is kind of like a hot topic on everyone's. mind these days of course and then we're gonna close that out close out the discussion segment with, I guess, a revisitation of one of the previous uh, baddie awards, one of the baddies. Um, but before we do that, I wanna, I wanted to get some feedback from our listeners. So you know the deal, sysadministerview.com slash contact.php. You should know our IRC channel by now, where we're most active. If not, I have it listed on the contact page. So let us know how you feel about this. But I was talking with Peyton and jathan and I don't know where this came from, but I was listening, I was like, you know what? We should, we should have a special name for our fans our our listener base and i was like what if we call them the sissies like <laughs> sure, for sissimans like s-y-s-s and i i kind of really love it i would i would myself refer to myself as a sissy <sighs> just because it, it just catches someone's ear and be like wait what so let let uh let us know how you feel about that and if so we're gonna we're gonna i guess uh start referring to you as that and you're welcome to refer to yourselves as that maybe even we'll put Shit. it on
1: some merch like, Proud Sissy. (laughs) Hashtag Proud Sissy. (laughs) (laughs) I I think that's a pretty clever name. I like it.
0: I like it, too. (laughs) Awesome. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, Yeah, let us know how you feel about that. But moving actually into On Call now. So, Jathan, you said you, you haven't really experienced On Call?
1: Well, we don't really have, like, a schedule or anything, you know? It's not like there's a weekend I'm On Call. Mm -hmm. We talked about it for a while, like making a schedule and having that. That was particularly, I think, when we were in a worse place with some of our systems that were having persistent issues. Uh But then that sort of stopped happening. And it's not like I manage uh, as many systems as you do probably at this point. Yeah. And also... That's that's true. (laughs) The other thing is, you know, our stuff is important for the research that goes on, but it's not exactly mission critical. You know, nobody's dying if it stops running.
2: Well... But, you know, you you do have to worry about, like you said a couple, a couple of recordings ago, don't you have to worry about stuff, like if it fails, like week three of week three, then that's a big deal or, or no?
1: Yeah, yeah, and there are certain things that are like that. Um okay. and, and, you know, I don't mean to downplay what we do be, by saying that there's not that much mission critical. That sounds bad. The stuff we have is very important, but...
0: Yeah, technically anything in your production realm is right. mission critical, it's, it's, mission critical.
1: it's not life... But the other thing is, you know, like the services that we provide, most people are not using at four o'clock in the morning anyway. Like most people work during Mm. normal business hours. What Peyton's referring to, by the way, is the clusters that we maintain. Uh, Occasionally there are jobs that will run for like a month or two months even that we've seen. Mm. And and those we tend to take a lot of care to make sure that those jobs keep going Mm -hmm. because if – if that job fails and and that person has to rerun it because, uh you know, the storage box that it's relying on to read and write to crashed or something, you know, that's a month and a half lost. That's really big because at that point, if you're talking about competitive research, you know, someone could beat you to the paper or whatever. And that's mm. that's obviously bad. And there goes your correct deal. Yep. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah, it's kind of on a case by case basis. You know, there's times when there's less going on and there's times when there's more going on.
0: I realize we're, we're kind of veering away from the topic quickly, but I'm, I'm curious about this. What percentage of the jobs you would say are these sort of jobs that run more than a
1: week? I'll say less than 3%. Oh, I mean, it's very small. Most jobs, most jobs run very quickly. I mean, most of Mm. them are like less than 24 hours. That's the most active queue. So our our clusters, we use a, a torque Maui combo for scheduling at the moment and we have different queues set up so there's like a short queue there's a long queue uh there's two queues that have like Jumbo memory, and those go to the high memory nodes that have a terabyte of RAM, stuff like that. Okay, uh,
0: that, um, that actually answers my next question, which was going to be, how do you know which jobs are going to
1: be running for long? Well, the other thing is, is when you submit a job, so you have to write this uh, basically a shell script uh-huh. that you use to submit the job. So you run a command called qsub, and that says, okay, scheduler, take whatever input I provide you and run it as a job on a compute node. Mm-hmm. And so you put directives, uh, basically comments at the top of that script that designate how much memory you need and you request a wall time and stuff like that. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. And, and mm. that's how you say, you know, I need 32 cores or I need 64 cores or whatever. So then it just time shares out. Yes. For the. Okay. Got yes. it. Got it. Okay. And, y- you know, if the clusters are not all that busy and someone's like, oh, you know, I gave a 24 hour wall time, but it's 23 hours and 50 minutes right now and my job hasn't finished. We'll extend that typically. Mm-hmm. Do you have any kind of like dynamic parallelization or anything for those, those
0: clusters? Or is it just like a dumb cluster single host kind of a thing? Um, what do you mean by dynamic parallelization? Well, I've I've never used MAUI or or Torque because I'm not in, you know, the bioinformatics field, so I don't know. Yeah. I I know nothing about this. Well,
1: really, it's very similar to, like, SunGrid engine. It's just a scheduler. What you run on it doesn't matter that much. Okay, so what I mean by
0: dynamic parallelization is, is like, there's no way where a job can pause. There's no way, like, a job can, like, pause what it's in the middle of and then move to a different hardware. No,
1: not really. Okay. What you could do is string together a series of jobs with your script. If you, you know, if you have, uh, let's say, one program that runs and you give it some inputs, and then its outputs are supposed to be used by another job, you can have your first job say, "Okay, right before you finish, start this next job," mm. and then that next job would go in the queue, so it wouldn't automatically run wherever you were. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if your second job specified to run with a high memory node or something, it would then get placed there. Okay. But there's not. There is support to it's called checkpointing you can checkpoint a job mm-hmm. and then it's capable to like pause or stop it and then start it again at a later time but people don't really use it in my experience that's a shame if anything we use it like if we have to restart the cluster and there's jobs running we use that as a way to do that safely
0: oh you can apply checkpoints to already running jobs
1: mm. yes okay good good but yes sometimes not all jobs respond well to it but yeah it kind of depends what is actually running in terms right, of the software right 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 okay interesting well wow, we're we're going way off topic. But you
0: know what? We're kind of sparse on topics anyways. <laughs> yeah, we're all right. We are at like twenty minutes, and I promised her, and we'd we'd keep it under an hour this time. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have on call? It? i am so we have two admins period okay so the the on-call schedule generally kind of works out to be i handle everything that comes up during you know the eastern coast day and he just takes everything else so like quote-unquote night time and uh weekends but you know like if i'm around there's nothing stopping me from hitting the problem before he notices it or something so yeah so it's not as formal but i i do get all of the alerts even if i'm not on call i just silence my phone during the time period i'm not on so that's that's kind of how we work. That yeah. At my last job, which was at a web hosting company, it was a lot more formal. You know, there were there was an actual schedule and, and times and everything, and, and that was that was a pain. What about you? You had uh, I know you had on call at um Cordial, yeah. right?
2: So uh, news to the community itself or to our listeners: uh, I have changed jobs. I am currently actually doing a sysadmin job now instead of just answering phones. Uh, and yeah, uh, when I worked for Cordial, I I did have a queue. Uh, An on-call rotation, we used uh, pager duty for that which I, I feel like wasn't exactly the best, but I mean, it works. Uh, but my current position, I do not have an on-call uh, or contract with the customer in question. We are from seven to six. Uh, okay. After six o'clock, they don't really, they don't want us to be responsible for that. It used to be the case. Nice. Uh, however, okay. with the company that I'm with, the actual company I'm with, once I've once I've made my mark with the company, you know, I could be responsible for other things. So mm-hmm. right now I have no on-call, which is fine with me. I, I, have, no, I have no problem with being ready to... To go uh, in a moment's notice I'm, I'm i'm a little bit like you brent i have my i have my phone pretty much on me all the time and if i see something i'm ready to respond to it so it's not a big deal for me to be ready to answer answer a call or or respond to a ticket i have to i have to almost be like okay it's after hours i can't
0: Mm -hmm. i hope this doesn't break nda eric you're probably listening if it does i'm sorry but we use a service called NodePing. not an endorsement by the way i'm not even all that happy with them like they they get the job done and you know that's great and all but it's not it doesn't give as as detailed monitoring as as we would like you can see if a port's active for instance Mm mm-hmm uh, but you can't really tell if the service behind that port is behaving properly. I'll put it that hmm. way. So, you know, I mean, I it's all right. I guess it's all right. I can tell when a node's up versus when a node is down. And then they use the Pushover API. Pushover.net, they have a, a great app that does push notifications to both Android and iOS. The, the app is like, it's like five bucks, but it's already paid for itself. Um, again, not an endorsement, not a paid endorsement, I should say. But uh, the pushover app itself is is really nice. If you run your own monitoring stuff, you can use their API as well. And it's it's pretty handy. You know, I I really do like the push notifications. And then tied into that, or I guess related to that, I have ConnectBot on my Android phone as a, a shell client. That's what I
1: use too. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, nice, and that I will endorse. <laughs> yeah, I'll endorse yeah, it too. great like, client.
0: Yeah, it's it's a fantastic client. It's free. I think it's I think he it's even open source, as many Android apps are. Pretty sure it's open source. It's probably the best Android SSH client you can find, in my opinion. And I've tried a couple. So uh, that plus the uh, uh, what's it called Hacker's Keyboard app hackers keyboard app it basically gives you like a, a full qwerty keyboard along with like the the function buttons and everything so you can do everything you can in the turn in the in connect as if you were at an actual terminal granted it's tiny you know so you got to be really careful about what buttons you hit but uh
2: hit all the buttons but
0: it, it's really handy having that and it does portrait and landscape so it, you got options there so between those um if i'm out and about and a, a notification comes in that i really need to respond to um and i no, I'm not going to be near my laptop. It's not preferable. Obviously, I prefer a full-size keyboard, but it's really handy to have that option available. It
2: installed really, really fast. I've just put it on my Android just because, and it installed really what uh, hackers Keep? No, the uh, connect. Oh, connect Yeah, it's actually yeah. licensed under the Apache. Mm-hmm. So okay. it is open source.
0: Yeah. I think the Apache license is really kind of convoluted, but sure. you know it's still open source. So we, I, I, support them in that.
1: It's a little confusing, really. Yeah. Well, that it's uh, like that's, it's just not that straightforward.
0: That's what convoluted means. <laughs> yeah, I know. But <laughs> thanks, but Jay-thon. but I
1: mean no 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 no, <laughs> you, hashtag J thought. <laughs> I mean, say Yes, it is. It's not convoluted necessarily in you know. It's not like the the license. God yes, <laughs> 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 fuck you. I mean, are the language... you drunk? No, not yet. Okay. The Ladies language, I Tom. think, of the license is convoluted, but not necessarily the terms. Mm. Mm. Okay. You know what I'm saying? It's not like there's, like, fucking built-in quirks to it or anything necessarily, but th- there sort of are, but not really. I mean, it's still an okay license. It's just the language is kind of weird.
0: I'll put it this way. the It's not as easy to read and understand as the GPL. I'll put it yeah, that way. Yeah, exactly.
1: That's what I mean. So, Or the
0: BSD license, which is darn easy to understand, but that's that's a discussion for another episode, I think. So, yeah, ConnectBot. Uh, by the way, Payton, um, yeah. that'll let you set up your keys and everything. That'll let you shell into your nice. Ursi session. Nice. So you won't have to keep sending topics to me over Google <laughs> Hangouts, which drives <laughs> me nuts. Because I like I like all my information in one place, and that is Ursi. Yep. Yep. So, uh, yeah. in my IRC client, because it logs and everything. So I'll have to set up keys then. Yeah, do that. So, I talked about how I do it, how Peyton does it. Jaython talks about how they sort of do it, but don't really need to. Uh, which brings me to my next point. A question for you, listener, is do you need on-call? Hayden kind of touched upon this with in terms of the contract and the SLA. If you don't have a 100% uptime SLA, and it's not as necessary as you would think. I, I think a lot of people get a hard-on for 5.9 SLA when you really don't need it. If you're not running like a global service... If it's just like a uh, like someone can't access the staff VPN at like three in the morning, typically that's, and it's like a medium-sized business, you know, it's a local business or something, that's not an emergency. You don't need on-call for that. Nope. So I would, uh, if you're doing on-call for like a small, medium-sized business, look into your target market and where your employees are located. Look at the type of support requests you get, especially when you're paged after hours. And I say, when I say paged, I mean like call on the phone or SMS- or MMS or whatever. Not necessarily like an actual pager. For those who don't do on-call, that's kind of um, slang. Can you still buy pager? Oh, yeah. Not as easily, but... So
2: we have somebody in our end that hangs out on the Plug channel. Uh, that's Philly Linux uh, users group. That's the Plug and I are in, on Freenote. But uh, he has... Uh, he's on-call. He works for a major telecommunications company in the United States. They start with C and, and then MAST.
0: And have an umk in the middle. <laughs>
2: Uh, so anyway, he he has on call, and someone is like, "Oh, you have a real pager?" And he's like, "No, they said it's my phone." So yeah. the concept of yeah. a pager—it's not the Largely, it's not the fifties yeah. anymore, you know. It's <laughs> or the eighties, uh, yeah, or the eighties, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I remember I remember having a pager when I was in the Marine Corps, and fucking fifties, and uh,
1: <laughs> nothing like your mafia buddy pager. Calm down, J-thon
2: Calm your tits. I was talking. Oh my Douche God. Nozzle.
1: <laughs> Yeah. So so if
0: we use the terminology being paged or whatever, that's that's what it means. It means someone got us a message in an emergency. <laughs> manner not necessarily a literal page
2: not not a literal thing on your hip that goes yeah vroom, 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 you have to look not at beeper. it and see the number and then you have to go to a pay phone yeah call someone that, called yeah. me or they do have uh, alpha pagers they do they do have alpha alphanumeric alpha numeric pagers weren't the first also, blackberries uh, like a pager like that
0: i don't know I don't, I feel like that's more your territory because you have more telecom experience than I do.
2: Well, okay.
0: <laughs> I feel like if anyone would know it, you would. And the fact that you're asking me tells me you might not, but that's okay because that's, that's old tech at this point. Out with the old and with the new. Yeah. So there, uh, I did talk about pushover and node ping. There's, uh, pingdom is another alternative to node ping, pingdom.com. I've used them in the past. They're not as, uh, extensive as node ping even. Hey, SpiceWorks. No, fuck Spiceworks. So to answer Let's th- do a whole episode just trashing Spiceworks. <laughs> I would love to do that. Let's do it. Yeah, so there's there's Pingdom. Uh there is PagerDuty.com, I think it PagerDuty.com. is. PagerDuty.com. Uh and I th- yeah, I think that combines both the node ping role and the pushover role where it, it does it'll, it'll both send the notification. I think they have their own app.
2: So having having used that, there is an app on Android and iOS. Um uh, you could set it to so PagerDuty? Yeah, PagerDuty. Okay. And you can set it so that it will email you, text you, mm-hmm. call you. It can text other people if you have a if you have a second phone. It can call. The, I mean, the I I mean, I'm talking about from personal experience here. It can it can mm-hmm. notify you in many different ways. I will tell you, however, that's very annoying to hear <laughs> to hear it read off whatever the message is because it, it's oh, it's literal translation. So. Like it will say like we had an S one it will say something something per second and I'm like that's not even what it says you know like <laughs> really yeah I mean it works but be warned that the uh, voice to text is uh, or text to voice is not is, is as there a terrible. way to
0: turn the the TTS off
2: well you can just have it not call you
0: oh 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 I see so it's okay it,
2: it calls you and says no you know, ticket so and so yeah, yeah voicemail so and so or
0: do you know if if
1: the app uses pull or push notifications
0: push
2: yeah
1: it, it okay. pushes oh my god I'm just trying to imagine. If every time I got like a ticket response, (laughs) if I just got a phone call reading it, I I probably smack. No, no, no. It's not like that. Like the, the alerts are going to be like shorter than that. They're going to be
0: probably no more than what, like 60 to 120 characters is my guess.
2: I mean, it's in an email.
0: Oh, I'm, I'm I'm talking about like the, the calls. Oh yeah. I mean, it was strictly the TTS ones. They were pretty short.
2: Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't 120 characters. It would read the whole like error message out to you.
0: Oh yeah, that would get annoying real quick.
2: Yeah, and if you open another ticket, well, it would call you again. Like so if you got a voicemail and you opened a ticket on that voicemail, it would then call you on the new ticket to say, oh. This is the new error and you're like, No, I just opened this, you know. Why are you so calling? yeah,
0: so there's I guess long long story short, too long didn't read version. Didn't listen. Most pager notification systems suck these days. You know, there. I I would recommend you just try a bunch out. I think uh, there's probably some sort of way of hooking Nagios into Pushover.net, which might be the most ideal way of doing things to me. I would agree with that. Or uh, Singa, or, or however you pronounce it. I Singa, yeah. No, it's it's it's, it's, it's a, not actually though. It's a it's like a Singa or something like that. I okay. It's it's <laughs> apparently some I don't know
1: like Swahili word or something like that. Yeah, we talked. We did it in an episode. You mean like we did? You mean like Ubuntu? Yeah. Yeah. We, we did we talked about it in an episode when we talked about monitoring right yeah, yeah 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 okay
2: so in case our listeners aren't aware i am terrible at pronunciations my wife makes fun of me all the time because i'll say a word she's like that's not how you say that and i say well you know whatever i just read it somewhere She's like okay well that's still funny and i'm like okay whatever
0: yeah I'm, I'm mostly the same way like if gosh thanks thank goodness for youtube these days because like I, I don't know how to pronounce stuff anyways before we finish out the on-call stuff there's one more subtopic we have about scope and i'd say this is is probably the most important subtopic of this entire topic scope is a really hard thing to convey to users for uh after hours paging yes yeah i've been paged for some of the most inane shit
1: I mean, well, just, I mean, in general, if you got, or if you had, um, if you had four or five users that all submitted a ticket, assuming you use some kind of ticketing system uh, and you had the option of marking a priority, I guarantee, you know, you could imagine them all marking at a high priority, but you would read them and one of them would stick out like, well, this one's really got to get done, but these other four don't matter that much.
2: But of course, they're all a high priority to all of them because they want attention immediately.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and there is something to be said for customers who are paying for that kind of support.
2: Well, Okay, but there's there's Are they all
1: paying the same amount though? Like yeah. scale? Well, f- well, let's just assume yes for this. Okay. Yes. Then they're not really
0: paying for anything extra. They at that point it's still going to be your own prioritization. No, unless I get you have that. some kind of like premium service, you know, where it's like a higher Right. Okay, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're not really paying for emergency attention. That's not to say you shouldn't handle emergencies as emergencies, but it's it's more so they're not... They can't be high-profile client if there's one profile, you know what I mean? Right, right, sure. Really similar, I guess, to educating you, your users against social engineering. It'd be really handy to give your users a flowchart of like, okay, this is an emergency... This isn't. The website is down. That's an emergency. You can't access the internet. That's not so much an emergency. You know, like that's 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 an issue. That's a big issue. You know, that's like medium severity. That's not critical severity. That's not affecting is, everybody. Is the
2: website really down or is it just because the guy doesn't know the difference between the intraweb and the internet? Right. You know, the yeah, website is down.com, you know. I, I yeah think very funny
0: yeah i'll link to that in the show notes because I, I love that series it, it just i feel the pain but yeah i guess the really important thing with scope is if you can give your users some sort of because they don't know right and i think we've we've talked about this too they don't know what an emergency is and what isn't to them everything anything being broken yeah is that's the
1: point i was making before
0: yeah so kind of educate them as to what levels constant Constitu- make up
1: cut off he's cut off no 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 Con- constitute no, constitute it's constitute it's constitute it Constitu- just sounds wrong that's no, right, right it's right That's okay, right okay <laughs> <all> right.
0: <laughs> if you say so going back to the pronunciation versus uh reading and, and writing anyways yeah so if you can convey to them that like what actually is an emergency versus what isn't
2: it's it's funny that you you talk about that because when i was on call i got a page I called the customer and I said, what's the issue? He says, well, my T38 faxing isn't. Then I said, well, that's not really an emergency because T38 is best effort. And so if your faxes aren't sending, that's not an emergency. However, if all of your customers' phones are down and they can't make phone calls, then yeah, that's an emergency and I can help you with that. But your your faxing machine, your fax machine, your T thirty eight ATA device is not something that I can spend the time working on. That's a mm-hmm. that's a during hours thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. you know, I I had more than a couple of those call me, and it was it was annoying to have mm-hmm. to be able to tell them, look, I you know i can i can take a look and see what's going on but i can't do anything more than about five minutes from-
0: and we um we send messages that i doubt we have any ctos or, or tech managers listening if we do hey what's up you really should listen to us because we can kind of do not anonymously because everybody knows who we are you know but we're not part of your company so this is like an objective outsider input kind of a thing i understand that you want Other departments slash clients slash customers, whatever, to be satisfied and fully satisfied.
1: That's a good thing.
0: You know, let's drop that out right here. That should be
1: everybody's business goal at its most basic level, right? Yeah. But
0: you also need to understand when your system gets called at 3 a.m. because faxes aren't sending and it's, it's not an issue on the company's end especially, that... Is lost sleep for your system, in, which means decreased productivity the next day, which means decreased profit. I'm gonna break that down for you right now. You know, like that's that's what it comes down to. It's, it costs your
1: company money. Not just that, but if you keep getting these sort of, uh, I mean, you look at like the boy who cried wolf, like, oh, these people always call me, and it's never a k a
0: hashtag J-Thon. <laughs> right, right, of course. When it is
1: actually an emergency, then, uh, you know, you might not be taken.
0: Seriously,
1: yeah. Seriously. yeah, right. yeah don't right. Jay Thon it. Jay does this thing where, like, every time
0: get he get the hell out of here. No, 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 no. no. You do this. Dude. You do this. The other day, you talk about how, like, oh, it's it's buggy. It's a piece of shit. And I'm like, no, you're doing it wrong. Like, I will
1: show him multiple times that, like, the last this is how time it works. we fucking talked about this was the CentOS Seven installer. You do this multiple times, and it was buggy. It, it had
0: a bug. That's which buggy. There's also the time no. you said. Guys. No, there's a difference between a
1: bug and buggy.
2: You said something in the channel. Guys, and then five hours later, we hadn't heard from you. You know? (laughs) Oh, I hate when you do that, too. That's the word. That
1: I do. I'll want to get their attention, so I'll be like, oh, guys, guess what? And then they don't respond for, like, maybe 20 minutes, so I'm like, well, I'm going to walk away now. And then then I just, like, go for the rest of the day. We have persistent IRC sessions, and we both log. Just say what you were going to ask, and we'll get back to you. But then you're not engaged, like... Oh my gosh. A lot of times I bring this shit up to have a conversation, not to just say it and then leave. We're not engaged? It doesn't need a conversation half the time. Peyton doesn't know how to engage.
2: I know how to engage.
1: He is engaged,
0: first off. (laughs) Zing. Zing! (laughs) But no, like, oh, that bugs me to no end. How would you feel if a user did that to you, Jathan? If they just submitted a ticket saying, hey, I'm having trouble, period.
1: (sighs) I would just close a ticket. (laughs) You can't do that, though.
0: Yes, I can. can. I can. I'm just going to kick ban him next time he does it.
1: Okay. I, I'll him from the I channel
0: can literally unban myself. Well, I can remove that too. I have channel ownership, so I'll just remove that ability for you. <laughs> uh, <is> Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> we're just a happy go lucky group.
1: You guys are happy go lucky. Meanwhile, I'm over here just trying to think of all the ways I can never talk to you again. <laughs> uh, please, <laughs> please say, say it's it simple. So. Just. Just ask your question. Don't ask to ask. You know? I, oh, I, yeah. Oh my gosh. Just, just There's ask. A funny Don't, story about you know. that. What's What's the funny story? We got some time, I think. I just pinged someone in a channel that you and I are in, and mm-hmm. said, and all I said was question. My mm-hmm. oh, Like, look at the just look at the time It's look infuri- at the time ah! Ah!
0: All right. Well, I'll, I'll look at that in a bit. I'm trying to focus on the fucking show. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Jathan. Yeah jayton payton was was gonna do an arch install but he didn't because he wanted to pay attention to the show
1: he's, all, he's I'm not hanging to the around in irc i mean dude all i said was
0: question
2: i mean i could do the install while we did it and engage and you know multitask but I...
0: arch installs are stupid simple but yeah yeah all right anyways moving on Please, um let's move on the github account i'm talking about it's Penn manor the school's Penn manor like Penn manor high school pen manor Junior Penn, high, Penn, like i think manor.
1: it's probably just Penn manor school district Penn manor oh school yeah, yeah in yeah. general and by that uh, i mean that's the title of the repository
0: makes sense i don't know I'm, I'm from the east coast of pa i'm not from uh central pa where lancaster is anyways i i think it's really cool but J-thon keeps giving it shit i just think it's
1: interesting you chose to bring it up
0: why it's awesome dude
1: i think it's very cool I, honestly, all right to be fair i think it's to be fair
0: cool. i've got like a personal not vendetta but I, I guess bias for this project like i worked for a company called ace technology group years back actually that's that's the company i worked at with uh jim the to steward okay. was that also where uh alex Lamalex? yeah oh my gosh very they same know company. each other yeah oh you should ask him about alex sometime i'm going to anyways alex if you are listening i don't think you listen anymore but if you are hey what's up probably too busy writing
1: his fucking hipster mobile
0: all right well whatever yeah so he uh not he we at that company specifically i um helped with one of our contracted clients for a rollout for uh, a school a catholic school they wanted a computer lab but they didn't want to spend the quote-unquote microsoft tax so the guy got a bunch of uh old ibm you know like the you've seen them like the black ibm workstations they're like four inches high and they're like they lay flat rather than monitor sits on top of it yeah 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 yeah, 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 those yeah so got one of those got a beefy server uh and i set up ltsp on it which is a linux terminal services project i think something like that
1: it's a thin client right
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a thin client sort Linux of system. terminal server project. Yeah, thank you. I'm surprised we didn't hear typing that time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. It was really cool. I
0: had a lot of fun doing it. Granted, you know, it was a lot of uh, interesting problems. I don't know. I liked it. It was really enjoyable and. It really felt good doing that for a
1: school. Yeah, the one thing I will say about this kind of thing is, like, you know, my my guess is that other school districts probably have not found this or don't really know about it. Although I could be totally wrong. I don't know. But, you know, if one IT department at a school, like the Penn Manor School District, we should try to reach out to them and tell them we like them. Yeah, let's see. If, I would love to get the guy on the, on the air for an interview. Yeah, that'd be sweet. You know, if one school district does this great thing and they open source it, if another school can use that, like, maybe it looks bad that they're using another school's stuff. But to me, and, well, yeah, you don't think so. I don't think so either. But uh, to me, what is most important, of course, here is is education so you know if Penn manor school district came up with something some kind of deployment something that saves money that that could then be used for better textbooks or you know whatever i think that's awesome that's an a plus right there but they actually have a blog too yeah they have a blog
0: that's linked to on their on the github i'm not gonna lie there is the i don't know like yeah you don't pay for the microsoft tax because microsoft is really kind of hard nosing into the education industry, which is a shame. You do have to pay for specialized knowledge because Linux isn't as prevalent, I would say. Um, and it certainly does require some specialized knowledge. I'm not gonna pretend it doesn't. But you're creating jobs and a lot of people are looking for like a a way to break into the field and that's a perfect place for them to do that. Absolutely so you don't need to pay crazy salaries because you know schools are already hard up for money. I recognize that. I have a lot of teacher friends. I sympathize with that fact. You don't need to pay tons of money. Especially like a new sysadmin, a Linux sysadmin, right up, right into breaking right into the field, I would say is maybe like worth twenty, thirty k, which is right about the price for a, a teacher. And then you could also expect them to do training classes for the students as well. And I, I mean, the thing you'll find in a lot of Linux admins, we're typically okay with lower wages because we're so passionate about it. You know, Linux typically attracts people who are passionate about Linux. You don't really see that sort of passion in Windows admins. They're more like, uh, oh, it's a job. But nine times out of ten, most Linux admins are pretty into what they do. You know, like, they, they we're really, you know, because it has that political aspect to it. You know, the whole open source aspect is pretty political. I'm not going to not gonna try and sweep that under the rug. It is political. If, if you can offer that sort of training to students, that gives them the ability to use open source software down the line in their professional environment and we we sort of see this chain reaction of of them Many years in the future, maybe raising their kids on on open source software. Sort of really becomes this really cool thing where kids learn to become more familiar with the command line. Not that they would need it, because a lot of the the school implementation is like Ubuntu and stuff, which is made to be GUI-centric. But the option is there. They're given the chance to learn how to program in C because they've already got a free compiler, GCC. They had the opportunity to learn Python a lot easier. Python's way easier to use in Linux than it is in Windows hate to break it to you Windows admins but it's true usually it's it's already installed you know because a lot of the package managers rely on it as a dependency or, or other components of the OS so you've got a lot of these really I guess we'll call them teachable opportunities that's, that's uh, where a good, you can that's a good yeah yeah
1: where you can really kind of add value to these these students education. Yeah, and, you know, I wouldn't even say it's teachable so much as it's an opportunity. Some people are going to take advantage of it and be drawn to it and others not. Yeah, you know? and, and I'm for a firm believer who... in, in not forcing students to learn what they don't want to learn. Oh, yeah, it's, I agree it's got that. got that clear. I agree. But, you know, if someone wants to learn, they are definitely more able to in, yeah. in some capacity. mm mm-hmm. It, it would be foolish to say that it's it's not becoming more popular
0: to get into tech-centric fields and that the demand is up.
1: Because it is. You know, it's... Oh, not just that. Even now, if you go to school for science, like data science, compute clusters, we were talking about that earlier, scheduling, that's all Linux. Yeah, and you guys use a ton of Python, too. Oh, yeah. So, um,
0: Python's a really... Like a simple introduction to to programming. I haven't
1: done any C, so I don't know how... C is definitely harder, but I I use this analogy a lot. In high school, I took calculus-based physics. And then when I came to college, I had to take algebra-based physics for my major. And for me, it was very hard to ignore a lot of the things that algebra-based physics makes assumptions on. And so that's kind of how I think about Python and C++. I, I don't write pure c i, I use c plus plus um you know like python does a lot of garbage collection and iterating for you but in my mind in some cases like that's something i do myself like my thoughts just kind of work that way so it's mm-hmm. actually easier for me to use c plus plus sometimes because yeah and, and i hope that analogy makes sense yeah no no, no i got because... it a,
0: a trend that i see that i would love to see stopped is cs students learning java i think it's just the most stupid thing in the world i understand why they do it it forces good practice it will not run if you don't have really good practice in place java is very strict it's a very strict language but it's also creating a huge proliferation of java in the industry and that's something frankly we don't need like yeah it's portable and all that's great so is python for the most part you know so like python forces good coding habits as well that was like a well i would i would say java does that more so which is why a lot of academic institutions still use it how so well keep in mind i'm not a java developer but i i work for one um, i mean python enforces white space for fuck's sake i don't know if java does or not i'm pretty sure it does not but i'm, I'm talking about like java's just like you you have to know your shit to get java to work right you know like it, it's it's very strict on defining your procedures i, I guess that's that's the way to put it uh, keep in mind i'm not a dev so no, if for I, and devs, i don't i've never touched
1: yet. java i'm happy to say that i never want to touch java
0: yeah for everything i see about it from what i know of deploying it 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 forces you to be really strict about your uh, your your function definitions and things like that so it it ingrains really strong practice which is good Yeah, which is very good it it does make clean code but it's also java and um especially with java acquiring the whole uh, oracle acquiring the whole java thing i don't see java as future viable i really see python i would let me put it this way i would prefer that python over java
2: well yeah
0: but i don't know how did we get to be talking about this let's move on we need to move on we're running short on time here so the next one is analysis of a debug backdoor in linux
1: and uh, it's pretty cool. It's there's not really much I have to talk about it really. Um, yeah, it's kind of uh, well. We'll link to it in the show notes. It's, mm-hmm. it's a good read through. Yeah, of thing. it's very, It's a very it explains, short read through. But yeah, it, yeah it's it short, but too, it's uh, a good explanation, especially
0: for going back to uh, development. Um, if you are interested in like operating system development or kernel development, it gives you a good idea on on what practice to avoid. Yeah, you know how to sure. how to close those holes before they even hit the branch, sort of a thing. So we'll we'll of course link to that. It's a a very short article. It does link to a GitHub, which is much more verbose, obviously. I don't know. I found it pretty cool. Um, It's a nice little look because I I don't do a lot of malware analysis, quote unquote, um, which includes backdoors and includes Linux. And we don't see enough, I think, in my opinion, of Linux vulnerabilities broken down anyone else have anything to say on that yeah
1: i no i mean th- we, we couldn't really talk much about something that's only a half a page to begin with yeah yeah that's true so um, like i said I... it's a
0: really short read most of that is just code excerpt too yeah so it, it's short we'll link to it um uh, and then lastly in season one episode five we talked about uh, that was the first at ed- cis bad via word i think we <laughs> called it something different um yeah. cis minister, ministered cis Misadministration work, which is why we don't call it that anymore. It's a mouth. I'm just going to call them the baddies from now on um, okay. because I love that nickname.
2: D- don't we have two for this tonight? I mean, technically we have, we have two for this. No, 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 no. no, no. We follow, only up, one, yeah. follow up on one from last week or last time? No, you know what? No. Oh,
0: the one j gave us, I'll use that next time. Okay. If okay. I don't find anything better. Okay. Um, but yeah. So everyone remembers us linking... And I, I'm sure you've seen posts about it and stuff uh, about the guy who basically deleted his entire hosting company with an Ansible run. I, in the show notes, talk about how it could possibly be feasible that it it had recently been announced that it was a hoax. Um, I'm still kind of doubtful of that. I, and I detail... In the show notes about how it could be theoretically possible, and I think there was another uh, Stack Overflow where or server fault question where someone actually asked about the feasibility of it and, and whether it was actually hoax esque or not. So you know there are some specific conditions that would need to be met, but it is possible. And I'll put it that way. The uh, there there's an Ars Technica article which we'll link to because we always do uh, about a hosting company called One Two Three Reg. I, I've heard of them before, but I've never used them, and I'm curious if anyone else has. But apparently, right around the same time, the dates don't exactly match up, maybe, but it's off by like it's one like or two a days. Week. Oh, okay. Oh no, I thought it was like one or two days, I thought. It, well, okay, in any case, most Yeah, week. yeah, close enough to make me doubt it and, and have questions here where they basically deleted a ton of data of their cust- uh, of their customers data and i think it gives support and credence to my theory that the the guy who claimed it was a fo- a hoax was just trying to save face but we'll we'll link to that as well but it's 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 even if it's not you know even if it's a separate incident which the the coincidence of the timing makes me think it might not be but even if it is a a, a pure and unbridled coincidence it's still a hilarious read through so yeah we'll link to that but uh basically that some 123 reg knocked out at least half of their customers data which is terrible because they're they're a fairly big hosting company so they have five or six servers
1: (laughs) no i think it's more than that
0: so that let's let's try and close this out
1: with the uh the baddies Jathan, you want to take this uh sure let me find the right tab here. Um, I'm not going to read this whole one because this one's a little longer than the last time. Yeah. But um, we'll link. The headline is medical equipment crashes during heart procedure because of antivirus scan. Subheading medical procedure continued without harm to the patient. That's good. So a critical medical equipment crashed during a heart procedure due to a timely scan triggered by the antivirus software installed on the PC to which the said device was sending data for logging and monitoring. Uh, the device in question is called a merge hemo. I don't really know what that is. about right. Yeah. Complex medical equipment used to supervise heart catheterization procedures. So basically doctors are inserting a catheter in veins and arteries, and uh, they use that to diagnose heart disease. And I'm pretty sure you can use it to also monitor like blood flow in and out of the heart a little bit more. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Basically, um, it's very important. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So the redeeming part That's of this you want fuck with. The redeeming part of this is the company merge investigated this issue and they reported that, or they have a policy basically that they tell customers to make sure that their antivirus software, if it is installed, which in a, a hospital setting it should be, mm-hmm. let's be clear about that, but you should not index the folders that are used by this program for this reason. Which or, or this device defeats. I'm I'm going to interject here, which defeats the entire purpose. Sort of, but but you could manually scan those when you know someone's not on the I, table. I guess, but why can't they just make
0: their system compatible with AB? Yeah.
1: So, in any case, the machine crashed in the middle of the procedure, the screen just went black, the doctors had to actually reboot the computer, the patient was sedated, and they had some time, so they could wait for it to reboot and everything. They restarted their application, and everything was okay. So thankfully, nobody died. Yeah, I don't really have much more to say about it, but it just goes to show... um, Well, there's a couple of things here. For one thing, antivirus software really sucks. It's a good thing. I I understand it, but it is really, really shitty. Yeah. It's intrusive. It's really heavy. I mean, it's scanning files all the time on your computer. That's heavy. The other thing, though, is... Windows needs, like, an iNotify type thing, like Linux has. The other thing, though, is, like... They tried that. you You have to be aware of where your systems are running and what they're running, and... And take appropriate security precautions. You know, the clusters that I maintain are air gapped, so we don't shut them down and interrupt jobs to apply security updates. We do that at a good time, not when there's something important happening. If you're going to scan your, your computer for antivirus software and it's in a hospital, in the middle of a fucking operation in which someone's chest is open, is probably not the time.
2: Was it an automatic scan? You know, I mean. My yeah. guess is that yes,
1: it was. Scheduled, it was yeah, I mean, a it scheduled had to automatic be. scan. But that's just the thing is like you have to be aware of when that's happening right 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 right.
2: but the doctors aren't going to be aware of that it's going to be well right know, well, no well, no well, i'm not blaming the doctor that's why yeah that's, that's
0: why, why this is, is even, even an admin award trivia award because it's for the admin who really should have been on top of that
2: correct absolutely no that's what i'm saying i mean you know the doctors aren't going to know so it's gonna be it's gonna be the the guy who freaking set it up who should be aware of that Mm-hmm. oh, shit, there's a surgery going on. Maybe this, you know, maybe I should, you know, tell them, hold on a minute. Let me let me disable this fucking service, you know? I-
0: right. Uh, that being said, our hats off to you, unnamed administrator who uh, didn't bother to check the AV schedule and potentially could have lost a patient his or her life. And that's been the baddies. We're about a minute, an hour five here. So this has been Assist Administrivia. I'm Brent.
1: I'm Jason. And I'm Peyton. <clears throat> See you around.